in glorious Chapter 16 It was a long night. I can tell you that for sure. A very long night. Even the hork were worn out by the time the first faint gray of pre-dawn started to appear. The whole time, I was waiting to see a bunch of taxons suddenly show up, followed by heavily armed hork Or else Visser 3 in one of his awful morphs. Every shadow looked like it could be an enemy. And I had other enemies in the forest to worry about. I was extremely aware of the fact that any number of other birds and various hungry mammals were noticing me and thinking maybe I'd make a nice snack. But I was riding atop a hork and none of the forest predators could quite figure out how to deal with that. At one point, a pair of wolves, probably scouting for their pack, stood a few dozen yards away and watched us pass. Wolves are very smart animals. They didn't know what the hork were, but they knew for sure that they didn't want to mess with them. Deer scampered away from us. Owls dismissed us. We were obviously not mice, and that's all the owls cared about. Foxes slunk away. Raccoons froze. Only the forest's most fearless creature ignored us and went about its business. In fact, I had to stop Kethalpak from stepping on one. Stop! Stop! Nobody move! I yelled, having seen the warning stripes of this most fearsome animal. Yurks! Jarahumi responded. Taxons! Kethalpak asked fearfully. No, worse, a skunk! Just let it go on its way. Nobody move a muscle till it's gone. Ha! Small animal, not kill Jarahami. No, it won't kill you. It'll just make you wish you were dead. I didn't know how much ground we had covered by the time we finally took a rest. I can't judge distances on the ground very well anymore. All I knew was that the sky was a shade lighter than absolute black, and the hork had started to stumble a lot. They were beat, and I was starving. Do you need something to eat? I asked the two hork We eat, Jarahami agreed. Without any delay, he walked over to a tree, a pine of some sort. He drew back and slashed at the tree trunk with his elbow blade. Scrack! He sliced it straight open, opening about a three-foot gash in the bark. With his wrist blade, he began to slice the bark away, in chunks ranging from a few inches long to almost a foot square. He tossed slabs of the stripped bark to his mate and took some for himself. That's what you eat? Yes. Is that how you eat back on your own world? He chewed the bark and seemed to be looking far off. When Jarahami small, Jarahami eat from Conver, eat from Luhak, eat from Tall Fitfit. Are those all trees? I mean, are they like these trees? Better, Ket Halbach said. Better, Jarahami agreed. I got the feeling Jarah thought he might have insulted me by dissing earth trees. Earth tree good, he added. Earth tree good, Ket Halbach agreed. It made me smile inside. There were times when my life was just so utterly insane, I could only laugh. A pair of goblins from some far distant planet were worried they'd hurt my feelings because they didn't like pine bark. Then, like a light going off in my head, I realized something. Jara? Ket? Is this why hork have blades? 
To strip the bark from trees? Cat Hellpack stood up. I was sitting on a rotting log, so she towered above me like a skyscraper. She pointed to her elbow blade. For straight cut. Indicating her wrist blade, she said, For taking off. Sticking out her knee, she explained, For down by ground. For the bottom of trees, I said. Each of the blades has a special use. Each one is for harvesting tree bark. Yes. She sat back down and took another chunk of bark. They aren't your weapons? You don't use them to defend yourselves from enemies? To kill prey? Jarahami looked right at me. Hork Bajur have no enemy. No prey. Hork Bajur not kill. Yurk kill. Yurk kill Endolite. Endolite kill Yurk. Hork Bajur die. You're caught in the middle. But that's why the Yurks took over your race. The blades. They made you deadly. Once the Yurk evil was in your head. You're the ultimate soldiers. All because you're adapted to eating tree bark. The hork had nothing else to say. They went back to eating. Look, I have to go for a while. I... Uh... I have to go get food, too. Ket Helpak held out a chunk of bark. Our food, yours. Thanks, but I need a different food. I didn't tell them what I ate or how I got it. You know, it's strange. I never feel guilty about being a predator when I'm with humans. After all, good old Homo sapiens is the king of all predators. But these deadly-looking hork were not predators at all. Despite their looks, they were no more dangerous than a deer with a large rack of antlers. They were just victims. Just a species that had the bad luck to look fearsome. And now, they were caught up in a war between Yurks and the rest of the free species of the galaxy. I thought of all the battles we'd had with hork They had come close to killing me more than once. I had hated and feared them. Now I just felt sorry for them. And I felt sorrier still, because I knew that my friends and I would fight against hork again in the future. I'll be back in half an hour or so, I said as I took wing. Don't worry, I won't leave you. Chapter 17 As I flew up through the trees, I saw the sun just peeking up over the rim of the earth in the east. It instantly lit up the treetops with gold. It was a beautiful sight. Golden leaves and dark shadows beneath, and clouds all red on one side, and still night gray on the other. It felt good to be up off the ground. It felt good to have air beneath my wings and a cold, clean breeze in my face. I'd spent the night clinging to a Harkbashir's horns and slogging through the brush. That was no place for a bird. Or even for a human in bird shape. The air was still flat. No thermals, no updrafts, so I had to work hard. But it felt good, flapping my wings and stretching my cramped muscles. I would miss this when I became human again. Would the elements give me back my human body and let me keep the morphing power? I hope so. I'd hate to think I would never fly again. Below me, I spotted an opening. Not even a meadow, really, just a small clearing with tall grass and fallen logs and the telltale burrow openings of rats and voles and other tasty morsels. 
but I had to be careful. This clearing probably belonged to someone. Another hawk, possibly. Not to mention other species. I had to get in and out fast. Get in, make my kill, and bail. I swept the ground with my laser-sharp eyes, looking for the tiny movements that would betray a mouse or a rat. Sometimes, when the light is just right and the hunger is sharp, it's almost like I can see right through the ground, like I can see the mice in their warm burrows. Maybe that's why I didn't see the danger. Maybe it was because I was totally focused on eating. I did spot a rat, though. A nice plump thing, waddling along toward his own breakfast. I dived from up high. Then I hit a sudden air pocket. It threw me off balance and I nearly splattered myself into the dirt. I yanked back just in time and lost my rat. Aw oh, man! I complained. Whatever happened to the good old days when breakfast was a nice easy bowl of Wheaties? Well, it would be that way again soon. As soon as the Elemis kept his promise to me. A warm bed at night and a nice easy breakfast in the morning. Not that that's how it had been when I was human. I hadn't exactly been in a nice normal family. See, both my folks left a long time ago. After that, I just got passed around from one aunt or uncle to another. When I was stuck in Morph and disappeared from the human world, I don't even know if any of them looked for me. I shoved those thoughts aside. I flapped my wings, ready for takeoff. But I just glued the tops of the tall grasses when, wham! I was hit. It was like someone had thrown a brick at me. I was down, fluttering in the grass, beating my wings in terror. What hit me? What the... What the heck was happening? And only then did I see it poking through the grass. An intelligent, curious face. Tawny fur. Four big paws. And a body that might have been three feet long from its nose to the end of its weirdly curved, short tail that gave the beast its name. Bobcat! The wind had been knocked out of me, and I practically fell apart when I saw the big cat. It circled around me, watching me curiously, wondering if I would fight back. Calm brown and gold eyes surveyed me, as I would survey a wounded rat. The hawk in me wanted to flap its wings and try to scare the cat away, but the human in me knew I'd only have one chance. I was fast, but the bobcat was like lightning, and it was powerful. It had hit me with one big paw and knocked me silly. A blow that was so graceful it had almost seemed to be slow motion. And yet, it was so fast I hadn't had a chance to even think about dodging. How had I been so careless? How could I have missed a bobcat in the bushes? Now I was going to die because of my carelessness. I stood on my talons, awkward and helpless, on the ground. But as I stood my ground, I closed one talon around a stick. It was a bare twig, really, no more than two feet long. I stared hard at the bobcat. It could already taste hawk meat. If I moved, it would lunge. If I didn't move, it would still lunge. One chance. One small, desperate chance. I had to hit its eyes before it could sink its teeth into me. The hawk in my head screamed, Fly! 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 But the human in me said no. The hawk couldn't win this fight. Only the human could. I clutched the stick tightly. Lunge! The bobcat flew at me. I jerked back, bringing the stick up off the ground. 
The bobcat howled as the sharp stick poked its left eye. Okay, now we can fly. I flapped and I motored my little taloned feet along the ground, and I hauled like I'd never hauled before. But the cat was after me. One step, two steps, and it had caught up with me. Then it stopped. It turned. I saw it stare. I saw its back for a rise in alarm. Over the bobcat loomed a shape as big around as a redwood tree. Three rows of tiny weak claws snapped and clawed at the air. The gigantic centipede head drew back, and I could see two of the red jelly eye clusters. Taxon! Down came the round red mouth. Down on the bobcat. And the taxon swallowed the cat in a single bite before the shocked animal could figure out what to do. I was already flapping my way clear of the ground. Thorns and twigs and raspy grass ripped at me, pulling out feathers. But I didn't care about a few feathers right then. I found a breeze, and I thanked Mother Nature for giving me wings. I shot up and up and up till I was at treetop level. Only then did I even look back. They were crawling across the clearing and through the trees. A dozen of them. Taxons! Out in daylight! Out where some unlucky hiker could see them. This was insane. Totally insane. Behind the taxon trackers marched a virtual army of hork warriors. And with the hork were dozens of human controllers, all armed to the teeth. It hit me then with full force. The Yurks didn't care about being careful. The Yurks were going to capture the two fugitive hork No matter the cost. No matter who died. It was pure Yurk ruthlessness unleashed. This was an army. An entire army against me and two decent, simple, not very bright hork And I still hadn't had breakfast. Chapter 18 I was shaking pretty badly by the time I got back up into the blue. And then the first thing I saw was a peregrine falcon riding high. Peregrines won't usually mess with hawks, but I wasn't exactly feeling cocky right at that moment. I didn't need any more trouble. I just wanted to get back to my two hork and get us all out of there. Tobias? Is that you down there, by any chance? I breathed a huge sigh of relief. It was Jake. Oh man, am I glad to hear your voice, Jake. I said. The woods are full of taxons and hork and human controllers and anything else the Yurks can throw at us. Not to mention hungry bobcats, I added silently. Yeah, we noticed. Jake said. They almost marched right into a couple of guys out fishing in one of the streams. We managed to scare the fishermen off, or they'd be taxon meat now. We? The others are with you? I searched the sky. Yes, a bald eagle. An osprey. I see Rachel in either Cassie or Marco, I said. Axe is on the ground. Marco is around somewhere. Oh, there, above you. I looked up just in time to see an osprey come ripping down through a wisp of low clouds and a stoop. Yeehaw, Tobias! Marco yelled giddily. Gotcha! This is so not the time to be messing with me, I yelled. I was about one feather away from being kitty food, and I'm hungry, and I'm tired, and I'm mad. Chill, Tobias, Jake said kindly. You can relax. 
We're all here to help you now. I heard Cassie's thought-speak voice coming from fairly far away. Tobias, we've been thinking. You know how you seem to be ending up just in the right place at just the right time? Or just the wrong place, depending on how you look at it, I muttered. We're thinking maybe there's some other power, some force, some person interfering with you, kind of manipulating you. If it had been anyone but Cassie, I would have probably said something sarcastic like, No duh. But it's impossible to be sarcastic to Cassie. Yeah, it definitely is someone messing with me. I said, An old friend of ours. Who? It seems the Elemis is trying to save the Hork-Bashir. Not that he'll admit that. Hmm, Axe was right. Cassie said. He guessed it was the Elemist. Rachel was close enough now to communicate. Yeah, and you know how Axe feels about that guy. Or creature. Or whatever the Elemist is. Axe says to watch your butt. The Elemist plays games with people. I thought about the Elemist's promise to me. To give me what I most wanted. But when I recalled the conversation, I couldn't exactly remember an actual promise. I felt a chill in my bones. Had the Elemist really promised to make me human again? Are you okay, Tobias? Rachel asked me. I could tell from her tone that it was a private message. Only I could hear it. Yeah, I guess so. I said. The Elemist says he'll... He'll... You know... Make me human again. Somehow putting it in actual words didn't sound right. And yet, that was what I wanted. To be human again. To live like the others. To eat cold cereal and fried eggs for breakfast, instead of hunting and killing. To walk. To spend my nights inside, in a bed. To sit down and watch TV. Or just to sit at all. Tobias, that would be so great. Rachel said. Yeah, but like Axe said, the Elemis plays games, and we still have to save the Hork-Bajir without getting wiped out ourselves. In a thought-speak voice, Jake and Cassie and Marco could hear too, I said, Follow me, guys. I'll take you to our two alien friends. I turned at an angle to the breeze. It was coming up just behind my right wing. It can be hard flying that way if the wind is too strong. You have to keep correcting your direction because the wind will kind of sneak up and push you off course. We flew hard, and soon left the Yurk army behind. I spotted the two Orc-Bajir through the trees. They looked like they were talking. Looking closer, I realized they were holding hands. I felt embarrassed, just dropping out of the sky on them. Hey, you two, I said. I'm coming in. Some friends are with me. We landed in the trees, and now we were facing a serious decision. A life-and-death decision. The others were all close to the two-hour time limit. They needed to demorph. But so far, we had not revealed our true species to the Hork-Bajir. If they were ever recaptured by the Yurks, the Yurks would have access to everything in their heads. Every memory. Jake? I asked. What are you guys going to do? It's a big gamble, letting these two know what we are. He answered. 
I don't mean to get all CIA about this, Marco said. But if they know we're human, they can't ever be captured by the Yurks. I mean... I know what you mean, I interrupted. Probably better to be dead than a controller anyway, Marco said. Easy for you to say, Rachel said. Let me talk to them. Jara and Ket are my friends, I said. Hork Bajir? Marco crowed. These two walking cuisine arts? These two seven-foot-tall lawnmowers? These living razor blades are your friends? I ignored Marco. I looked at Jarahami. Jarahami, I need to know something. If the Yurks capture you... He didn't even let me finish. He flung out a bladed arm, slashing the air. Then, more carefully, he pointed at his own head, right at the scar from the cut he'd made. No more Yurk here. Free! Or no Jarahami. No Ket Halpak. Only free! Free or dead, Ket Halpak said harshly. I see why you like them, Tobias, Rachel said. She fluttered down from the tree. She began to demorph. I heard Jake sigh. Well, I guess we take a chance. Within a few minutes, everyone was human again. Except me, of course. I guess we surprised the hork I don't know what they expected us to be, but it wasn't human. The two big aliens just stood and stared. And then, when they realized what Jake and Rachel and Cassie and Marco actually were, they laughed. Kira! Kira! At least, I think it was laughter. Who knows how a hork laughs? Human folk! Ket Habak said, sounding amazed and possibly gleeful. Jarahami looked at me. You human folk? I used to be, I said. I, uh, well, well, I'm not exactly the same as I used to be. I've changed. Jarahami changed too. Not free. No, free. That's when Axe came barreling through the woods and leapt right into the middle of our little group. He was carrying a bag. In the bag were shoes for the others. See, when you morph, you can morph tight clothing, but shoes just can't be done. Axe set the bag down and stared in a way that only an Andalite can stare, in all directions at once. This is very dangerous, letting them see what you are, Axe said heatedly. These hork can never be recaptured. They can never be taken alive now. They won't be, I said. They're going to be free. Free or dead, Jarahami yelled. Okay, I definitely like these guys, Rachel said. She kind of cocked her head and looked up at Jarahami. Free or dead, she yelled, just as loudly as the hork had. Cassie and Jake and I yelled it too, with slightly less enthusiasm. In my case, I'd been too close to being dead just a few minutes earlier. I'll give you two to one odds on dead. Marco said grimly. And if we all keep yelling with a bunch of taxons half a mile away, I'll make it ten to one. Rachel ran over, grabbed Marco by the shoulders, and gave him a good hard shake. Come on, you big baby, say it. Free or dead? Yeah, yeah, free or dead, Marco said. Then he laughed. Rachel, you do know you're insane, right? 
Yes, but she's a Packard Foundation outstanding student who's insane. Cassie chimed in. I'm sure the Yerks will be impressed, Marco said. Jake smiled a curious smile at me. Well, let's get going. Hello, Phantomorphs, and thank you for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs Auditory Experience. As always, I'm your host, Daniel. So thanks for dropping in yet another week. We're just chugging right along. I don't have any, uh... Sorry, someone's on the phone very loudly in the hallway, uh, if you can hear that. Uh, I don't have anything really, like, special to put here other than, um, if you have songs you think really kind of vibe with the whole mood of Animorphs and you want to send some of those to me, that'd be pretty cool because I'm running a little low and then I'm just going to have to start picking songs from my uh, music library and I don't have very good taste in music, so... Uh, you can send those and other questions, comments. Actually, you know what? Let's do let's do this. Uh, if you're listening to this right now, go ahead and write in and tell me which one your favorite animorph is and why. Which member? Uh, let's get let's get some user participation going on in in this audiobook slash podcast. But you can send that or song suggestions or anything else you want to audiomorphscast at gmail.com or audiomorphscast.tumblr.com. Uh, also, if you use Apple Podcasts and you want to leave me a rating and review, I would super appreciate it. I guess that helps bump me in their algorithm so more people can find this, and that's cool. You can also head over to theapocalypse.com. That's the apocalypse. It's like apocalypse, but with the D in the middle. Uh, that's my personal website I made for all the dumb stuff I do in my free time. So if you think this is kind of neat and you want to see some of the other stuff I do, uh, head on over there. Okay, that's all I've got going on this week, so I will see you all next week. My name is Daniel, and I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight. <laughs>